something completely shocking happened. We actually did get several thousand dollars of sponsorships within three weeks of the event. And we even got our last sponsor three days before the event. It was just, you know, a crazy experience for me. You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown Up. And you know what? Being a grown up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, friends. You guys know that song, whatever Lola wants, Lola gets. Well, the reality is sometimes Lola has to actually ask for it. That is the irony of the story you are about to hear from Melanie Locker. She is well known for her blog and her book, Dear Debt, where she chronicled her feelings about the $81,000 of debt that she was saddled with. Melanie is also the co-founder of the Lola Retreat, and yes, the name was inspired by that song because it is meant to be about women getting whatever they want. And while the event is meant to teach attendees how to empower themselves financially, when planning her first conference, Melanie had to learn some lessons of her own in that regard. Here is Melanie Lockhart. Melanie Lockhart, you're a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. And people know you through your Dear Debt blog, your Dear Debt book, and your newest project, which we will talk about more at the end of the podcast. Just briefly, what is Lola Retreat? Because I know it is happening very soon. Yeah, Lola Retreat is a women and money event, and it is a weekend full of education and workshop and panels to empower women to rock their finances. And I wanted you to explain what it is because the money story that you're going to talk about has to do with it. And it has to do with year one, which was just last year, and Mm -hmm. how you monetize the event and what you did right and what you maybe would do differently and are doing differently this time. Yeah, totally. I had such a great money lesson last year with the retreat. There was so much going on in regards to programming and attendees. And, you know, I was so focused on getting the content really wonderful and, you know, making sure that we got the venue right, you know, the speakers and everything that sponsors were not really on my mind. You know, I really just wanted to make sure that it was the best event possible, right? Well, and when you say sponsor, so you were just funding it purely on the admission that you that you were charging people. So our ticket sales were really getting invested back into the event. So we didn't really know if we were going to make money on this event or not. So three weeks before the event, Emma, my colleague, talked to me and she was like, Melanie, you know, we're going to break even right now. So, you know, if you want to make some money on this event, either we're going to have to cut back or be happy with breaking even. And I was like, um, I don't like either of those answers. I don't want to cut back because this is our first event and it's, it needs to be super amazing. And I also want to make some money, even if it's just $1. I like, I was really, (laughs) I really needed just that symbolic metaphor that I made a profit. And so I was like, ah, how am I going to do this? And so, you know, I was like, I'm going to approach sponsors, you know, people, you know, people sponsor events all the time. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know how to approach sponsors. I don't know anything about it, but I'm going to go find some money. And in the back of my mind, I thought, oh my goodness, it's three weeks before the event. I haven't 
contacted anybody about sponsorship money. Like it's, it's too late, you know? Had you guys discussed the concept of sponsors at all? Had it ever occurred to you before this? We kind of did, but it was really like at the bottom of our list. We really were just focusing on making sure the programming was amazing and making sure all of the you know programmatic details were really in place. So know? just to be clear, it's not that you were trying and sponsors were rejecting. You just literally had not tried. Did you think about outsourcing it to somebody else or it just slipped through the cracks? It slipped through the cracks. It was something that we didn't really focus on at all. We didn't contact anyone about it until three weeks and... You know, in the back of my mind, I was like, oh my goodness, it's three weeks before the event. There's no way anybody's going to give us any money at this point. It's too late. But, you know, I wanted to do it anyways, just so I could cross it off my list and say that I did it and, you know, be like, okay, well, I tried to get money. It didn't happen, whatever. But something completely shocking happened. We actually did get several thousand dollars of sponsorships within three weeks of the event. And we even got our last sponsor three days before the event. And so it was just, you know, a crazy experience for me. Can you talk a little bit about how much money you got in sponsorships and maybe speculate what you think you may have left on the table had you tried earlier? I mean, we did get several thousand dollars worth of sponsorships. I don't want to get into specifics, but I definitely know we did leave some so money on the table. So you made a profit of, of more than a dollar, first of all, to be yes, clear. We That's did. excellent. <laughs> we did. And you think you left money on the table? I do think we left money on the table because, first of all, we did give sponsorships at a discount because it was so late, number one. And number two, there's only so much you can do in three weeks. And so, you know, we didn't have really the time to foster that kind of outreach and sponsorship beforehand. And I think if we would have had more time to dedicate earlier on that we could have had, you know, more sponsorship money and really been able to fund the event in a better way. So what did you do differently in year two? So this year we've definitely, you know, worked on approaching sponsors earlier. I'm happy to say that we're going to be working with Fidelity on a welcome reception for Lola Retreat Year 2. I'm super excited about that. They are a wonderful company and they've always supported women and money. You know, we're definitely working with a lot of scholarship sponsors this year. That makes me super happy because the scholarship sponsorship you know, is near and dear to my heart. Essentially, people sponsor a lovely lady to come to the event who wouldn't be able to otherwise come. And so they get to read over the scholarship applications and they get to pick who they think would be a good fit to come to the event. And, you know, it's really interactive. It's really an affordable sponsorship too. And at the end of the day, it's one less ticket that I need to sell. So um, we've been focusing a lot on that as well, which is fun for me. And I really enjoy that part of it. And yeah, I think this year, you know, we've had kind of more, time to focus and more outreach and then really focus on big partners. You know, we've, we've loved to work with Fidelity this year and, you know, continue working with sponsors that really align with our values. And so what is the lesson now? I know that we are still a couple weeks away from Lola Retreat. What is the lesson for our listeners about this? What's the takeaway? The lesson is that you should always ask and you should really check yourself when you think that there's no way that you can do something. Because in my mind, I had already made up the fact that, oh, no one's going to give me money. It's too late. It's three weeks before the event. Like, why would anyone take me seriously? And mind you, it, it was scary because in year one, you know, this was before the event, we had nothing to show for it. We had no photos. We had no testimonials. We just had a website. Essentially, we had nothing. Well, no you also had your rep. You had a very strong reputation. 
as does your partner. Yeah. So you did have that. That's, that's a lot. Yes, we did have that, um, which is definitely helpful, but you know, from an event standpoint, we had nothing necessarily to show like, here are the testimonials, here are what people said, here are photos, here's impressions from, you know, the social media from that weekend. Like we had nothing concrete to show. And so, you know, in my mind, I was like, no one's going to take us seriously. Like no one's going to give us money. And I just had already made up my mind, but I was so shocked kind of how easy it was. I mean, it wasn't super easy, but it wasn't that difficult People said either. yes. People said yes more than they said no, actually. Wow. I think it was really just, I was just so passionate about women and money and doing this event. And I think people could see the grit and the passion in my you know, words and they can understand the idea and people were willing to invest in that idea. And, you know, those initial sponsors, I'm so grateful for because they really believed in us and our idea from the beginning when we had nothing to show. So, you know, I'm really grateful for them. And then it just proved to me like what other areas of my life am I, you know, convinced that, oh, this isn't going to work out or this wouldn't happen. But if I just try, maybe it will. And actually, this is a reoccurring lesson for me. You know, I actually, when I was a nonprofit employee before becoming self-employed, I had never asked for a raise once, not once. And I'm so ashamed that I've never negotiated my salary until becoming self-employed because as a self-employed person, you have to learn to negotiate or you will not survive. So this is kind of a reoccurring money lesson for me is that I have to know what I'm worth and I have to negotiate and I have to ask. And really at the end of the day, the worst thing people are going to say is no. No one's going to laugh at your idea and say you're stupid and call you ridiculous and, you know, think, wow, you think you're something else or you think you're a big shot. Like no one's going to say that. They're just going to say, no, we can't do that. It's really okay, you know? And so I'm really trying to push my boundaries and, figure out other areas of my life that I can push and really kind of change the game a little bit. So let me just ask you before we get to your money tip, in terms of the money, you made a few thousand dollars in year one. In terms of how much more you're going to make this year, can you give me some idea of how the results changed when you were more purposeful in asking for sponsorships? So that's a good question. So that's still TBD because we still have a lot of expenses that are going to be you know, in the queue in the next coming weeks. But projecting right now, it looks like hopefully double what we made last year, which would be really amazing. Um, but like I said, we're not totally sure because there are a lot of last minute expenses that come up towards the end. So we will see how everything shakes out, but I'm feeling pretty good about everything right now. I want to talk about your money tip because this one is brilliant. And I never thought of this. This is really original and it's something that can let us all have our luxuries and indulgences, but within our budgets or even just to save money for other things that we want to do, even if we're not on a tight budget. It's always nice to spend a little bit less for luxuries in life. Do tell. Totally. Yeah. My money tip is to go to a beauty school for haircuts, pedicures, manicures, or massages or facials. When I was paying off debt, you know, I didn't really have extra money to do anything, but I still wanted to treat myself at least once a year to something, especially when I hit like a big debt milestone. Right. 
I found this beauty school in Portland and the rates were so insanely cheap because all of them were students. And, you know, before you get scared, they do have kind of like more professional level people there working alongside the students to make sure they don't mess up. And I remember I paid like $35 for a pedicure, a manicure, and a facial. Total. Total. And I'm pretty sure the school had a, a policy that you couldn't tip either because it was a school. So it was oh. really affordable. It was really affordable. So my money tip is to find a local beauty school in your area and see what services they offer. And it could be much, much cheaper and at a fraction of a cost. And at least in my personal experience, it was wonderful. You know, if you have a specific person that you love or, you know, specific things, then maybe that's, you know, not necessarily the best tip for you. But for me, the services were completely comparable and totally worth it. I love that. Let's talk about the Lola Retreat. It is in my hometown, New York City this year. Yay. I'm so excited. Tell us more. Yeah. It's going to be at the Financial Gym. So Shannon McClay, the CEO and founder of the Financial Gym is one of my best friends. And And she was on the podcast last week. Yes, she is amazing. And she has graciously agreed to host us in New York City. And so Lola Retreat is at the Financial Gym, April 27th through the 29th. And we are going to have sessions on how to pay off debt, how to get started with investing, how to level up your money with Kristen Wong. We also have Get Your Financial Life Together with Erin Lowry. We also have some really interesting panels on how to prepare and deal with financial disaster, as well as this concept of F off funds. I won't post on your (laughs) podcast, but it's especially important for women, especially right now, you know, for women to have a separate stash of cash to be able to say F you in a situation that is you know, not healthy, whether it's a workplace scenario or relationship scenario, you know, I think it's so important. So I'm really excited about the content that we have and so excited to meet our lovely ladies. And yeah, I think it's going to be a really wonderful weekend. So where should I send people to sign up for Lola and to be in touch with you? People can go to lolaretreat.com and check it out. People can also find me at dear.com. All right, Melanie Locker, Lola Retreat. Can't wait to get there. It's going to be amazing. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Hey, friends. Loved hearing how far Melanie and her partner have come in just one year of the Lola Conference. Here's my take. Financial grown-up tip number one, aim high. In year one, Melanie didn't think she would get any sponsors. She was shy just about reaching out to anyone at all. But here we are, just year two, just the second year. And she has incredible brands. She has Fidelity, guys, Sensei, Shopkick, and of course, the Financial Gym. So don't write off a large company assuming they will only sponsor large events. They will find often a lot of value in smaller, targeted, specific events that have engaged and invested audiences, as is the case with Lola. Financial grown-up tip number two, be creative when it comes to treating yourself. If you're feeling deprived financially because you never get to do anything, you are much more likely to cheat, just like on a food diet. Melanie talked about going to beauty schools for things like manicures, massages, facials, all that good spa stuff. But sticking to the theme of students, you can also, for example, have a great meal at a cooking school 
Or if you're redoing your home or redecorating one of the rooms but have a limited budget, consider getting a student from a local design school involved. And just think, you could be someone's final graduation project. You never know. All right, if you enjoyed Melanie's story, please hit the subscribe button. And if you have just a few minutes, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. They really do make a difference in getting the word out. I am also working on getting better at sending out my newsletter. So if you are not already on the list, get on the list. Just go to bobbyrebell.com. While you're there, you can check out previous episodes episodes by clicking on Financial Grown-Up Podcast. And of course, be in touch. I'm on Twitter at Bobby Rebel, Instagram at Bobby Rebel one and my author page on Facebook is Bobby Rebel. I hope you guys all head out and treat yourselves to some affordable indulgences just like Melanie and that we all got one step closer to being financial grown-ups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.